venture capital investor Tim Draper. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Richard. So, Tim, let me start by asking you, I know you're one of the few venture capitalists that comes from a long generation of venture capitalists. Tell me a little bit about what perspective that brings you. What was it like growing up in a family of venture capitalists at the dinner table? What, what kind of perspective does that bring for you? Yeah, I think the dinner table really makes a big difference. <laughs> you, uh, you start thinking about the future and what could potentially happen in the future. Uh, and my grandfather was uh, the first venture capitalist in the Silicon Valley, and uh, he did it for a very short period of time. Uh, but he, uh, he's, it all blossomed out from his firm, Draper, Gaither, and Anderson. And my father was a real pioneer in venture capital, and he's the one I was able to watch. And, uh, and I watched as the Silicon Valley went from a bunch of apricot groves and uh, and plum trees to uh, to this booming environment where there were jobs and new buildings going up all the time and new ways of doing things and uh, and it gave me a perspective that I I realized that I always feel like there's a there's ongoing a better way to do whatever it is we're doing mm -hmm. there is always going to be a better way. And, uh, and that's what great entrepreneurs do. They just keep looking for a better way to improve their customer experience. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, I guess, was the beginning. Um, and by seeing that grow, I decided that I wanted to uh, spread venture capital to other places around the world. And so we set up the Draper Venture Network, and it, it spread. Uh, we, we now have... Uh, 15 relationships with venture firms, and, and I think they cover about 35, 40 cities around the world, manage many billions of dollars, and, and have great ways of working together. And I think that has uh, had a big influence on, uh, on the venture capital world, on spreading entrepreneurship and venture capital around the world. Definitely. Well, tell me, when you were growing up, though, did you, I mean, did your dad or did, your, did you have a sense that you were sitting in, in something that was going to be this size or did you really have no idea or did you kind of feel like, you know, you knew this was going to be a Silicon Valley that was going to really, you know, had, had some real potential? No. Um, when I was growing up, my dad was a venture capitalist and no one knew what a venture capitalist was. Uh, it was a lot easier to say your father was a doctor or mm -hmm. a policeman or a plumber or whatever. Uh, a venture capitalist uh, sounded odd. I had to explain it, and they. I remember my dad gave me a quick explanation. I invest in small companies and hope that they grow large, <laughs> and uh, and that was the beginning for me. And so I actually just thought it was. Uh, sort of an odd career, but uh, that was my dad, and it was the only career I knew of. Well, did it seem weird since I mean, you knew it well? Did it seem weird that nobody else seemed to understand what this was? Or <laughs> No. Um, I think it was just something I always felt I had to explain, but I think through osmosis, slowly over the, all that time, I started to understand what it was and how it was mm -hmm. going to make a big impact on mm -hmm. 
the world and society, and that's really what's kept me going through my entire career. So now that you've been doing it, obviously, for a fair number of years, what are some of the big lessons or things that you've learned in your career that would you say are really the big highlights that you've learned about having been such a successful venture capitalist? Well, entrepreneurship can start anywhere. We've had great success in many different locations. Uh, That's one of them. Another one is that an entrepreneur... Uh, people have asked me, what is what makes an entrepreneur? What do they look like or how do they feel? There is no single type of entrepreneur that makes it big. Mm. Uh, it's us- usually somebody who is uh, driven and motivated and, uh, and a little lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you make your own luck, but there is... Uh, you know where the consumer goes is very fickle, and uh, if you catch the consumer, you you win. Do you feel like after all these years of experience, <laughs> you're able to identify which ones are, are more successful, or do you think it's no? Still, I think the best thing char- I have going thing. is that I'm I'm willing to fail. I'm <laughs> willing to make mistakes, <laughs> and by having that uh, in my in my arsenal, I think I have uh, an edge uh, on most other venture capitalists mm-hmm. because most of them are so smart that they have always succeeded. And uh, if you've always succeeded, you're, uh, there's a real fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And I think getting over that fear of failure uh, makes you a better venture capitalist because you, you look and you say, this is interesting, but it could you know, it could fail. But then you look at it and you say, well, it's interesting. How great could it be if it works? <laughs> and I think if if uh, you look at entrepreneurship that way, you say, oh, well, that's really exciting. If it works, this could transform medicine or healthcare or the way we dispose of garbage or how we get into space or way, how we transport ourselves from one place to another. Uh, that could really change things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so if the entrepreneur um, has a high likelihood of failure, that doesn't bother me so much because I actually think they all do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lose about 60% of the investments we make. Mm-hmm. So I think the odds are it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, but... If it works, it can really transform society. Got it. Well, now, you, the Internet <coughs> legend has is that you came up with viral marketing with Hotmail. Is that true yeah. or false? Is that true? Yeah. I actually went to college with Sabir Bhatia, so I know. Oh, yeah, terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's, he's great. I mean, that, that guy is this strong Indian, you know, confident guy, stands very tall mm. and, you know, is a great leader. Yeah. Um, yeah, I came up with it, and, and <laughs> mostly I came up with it because of necessity, and and it was because we'd only put a small amount of money into the company, and I, I was thinking, um, boy, how are we going to get this great product, which was free web-based email, email mm-hmm. out to the people? How are we going to tell everybody about it? And uh, And the team was saying, hey, we've got to go raise money to to put it on TV and radio and billboards and whatever. And I said, well, that is a, that's going to be a fortune. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody's going to want to do it. This Mm -hmm. is free web-based email. Mm -hmm. 
And I said, can't you just blast it out to everybody on the internet? And they said, oh, no, that would be spamming. Mm -hmm. So I said, hmm. Then it brought me back to the Tupperware case that I had at Harvard Business School. And I thought, well, wait a second. If I send you an email and mm -hmm. you send it out to all your friends and they send it to all their friends, mm -hmm. then, hey, this is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. This reaches everybody mm -hmm. in six degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. And... And so I said, well, why don't you just, first I asked, can you have a persistent message at the bottom of every, everybody's email? Oh, interesting. Not just, you know, the, the one that goes out. And, uh, and the engineer or the, the co-founder, Jack Smith, said, yeah, we can do that. So I said, okay, make that message say, P.S., I love you, get your free email at Hotmail. <laughs> and... Uh, and they looked at me like, God, why did we get this investor of all the investors <laughs> in the world? But I was thinking, you know, that's kind of a fun, clever thing to put at the end. Um, and I kept pounding on it. And finally, they, they said, okay, well, we'll try it. But no PS, I love you. We'll just try it. Mm -hmm. uh, just get your free email at Hotmail. And, uh, and it really worked because that's the, funny. all people had to do was click that link. And suddenly, they were signing up for, for their own free web-based email. And literally account. just took off just like that. 11 million users in 18 months. And then one, wow. one email Sabir sent to his friend in India um, happened. And then three weeks later, we had 100,000 registered Hotmail users in India. Wow. And India didn't even, I don't even think they had that many computers. Yeah, they just, right, right. They had a lot of accounts. Uh, so that was the beginning of viral marketing and we saw we had something really extraordinary um and uh Jervitson and i named it uh we we did a big brainstorming thing on what, what should we call it and then we talked about it we decided not to patent it mm -hmm. uh, but to give it away mm. and uh and i think that was a great decision because mm. think of i mean now three billion Four billion people are all connected through free web-based email because yeah, right. of that. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, Skype used viral marketing, uh, Gmail. Er, but almost every successful consumer product is now using today it. is using some form of viral yeah. marketing. That's a neat story. So it's it's exciting. That's yeah. exciting. So tell me a little bit about what, what you're doing with. I, I live in San Mateo. I used to know that Ben Franklin oh, Hotel. Good. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing here, this Draper University. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, we've tripled the business on this block. <laughs> <laughs> so the restaurants, I think, are pretty happy. Yeah, with. Ben. Um, we uh, I, I set up Draper. I bought that old hotel, mm -hmm. and it was boarded up for eight years. Right. I turned it into a school. We, um, it, it, it was uh, pretty controversial at the time, but it has worked out pretty well, I think. I think they're very happy with what's happened to their town. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we created a school that was for heroes, for entrepreneurs, people who could do something extraordinary. Uh, and they just needed a little bit of a push or some kind of training. And so we have a very unusual curriculum. Hmm. Uh, we have a very unusual way of peop training people to be heroes. Can you share some of that? Or? Yeah. They, um, we start by teaching future. No, hi no history. It's all future. Uh, 
we teach science fiction, predictive analytics, forecasting. And then uh, we teach the most advanced techniques in viral marketing or Bitcoin or new kinds of manufacturing, IoT, that kind of thing. Whereas other schools have to take that through all the curriculum assembly of committees and legal and whatever before they can actually learn things. Mm. We are learning them up to date with the most advanced technologies with the people who are doing those technologies. So mm. it's actually quite great. And then we have survival training for the students. We send them out to the middle of nowhere with Navy SEALs and Special Forces and Army Rangers. and they Oh, really? They have to go see what they're made of. Wow. Um, we have urban survival training, and that's things like you got 24 hours to go up and get a job offer from somebody you've never met. Wow, interesting. Uh, and it's all team-based, so they go up as a team. They, they do everything as a team, hmm. and the teams get points for extraordinary outcomes, whether they're failures or successes. Hmm. Hmm. That's how they get their points. And, uh, and then at the end, there's a, a set of presentations to a panel of venture capitalists um, all the way along. They're building their business plan, and by the end, they, hmm. they should have hmm. a hmm. Pretty, hmm. pretty hard and fast in their head. Um, oh, yeah, during future, that we have a hackathon, and then we challenge science. We say certain science might not be right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, we get them thinking and thinking for themselves. So tell me a little bit how you, I mean, obviously you have a million things I'm sure you're working on, but how do you divide your time between the university, between being a venture capitalist and all the other myriad? Give me a little bit of a feel for how you spend your well, time. Well, my full-time job is as a venture capitalist. Uh, I have a, a great team that operates the school. I just um, help build the curriculum, and I take them on survival training, and I coach them on their pitches. Mm. Um, in uh, yeah, Most of my time is to be a venture capitalist. I, uh, I run Draper Associates. That's my vehicle for investing, uh, and, uh, and I... Uh, work with the Draper Venture Network, which is the network of venture capitalists around the world. All, we say all things Draper, <laughs> you know, any, any firm that has a Draper moniker on it and is uh, operating in the venture capital business, mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. that's a part of our network. So that keeps me pretty busy. And then um, I spend a little time on things like a few nonprofits and some political change, mm -hmm. uh, getting people thinking about political change. Right. So, um, I mean, it sounds like you've done a lot of different things. Obviously, you've come from a family of venture capitalists. You've got the university, all these things. Is there anything else on your list that you want to add to it, or you're pretty happy with all the activities you have now? Or do you see something else that down the line you'd like to actually tackle? Oh, there's so much more to do. <laughs> I, you know, the older I get, the more problems and opportunities I see. And so I keep going. There's too much to do. <laughs> I need 15 lifetimes. Um, actually, I don't want them sequentially. I want them in parallel. There you go. Right. I want 15 parallel lifetimes <laughs> to get it all done. Um, but it's... it's uh, made for a fascinating life. I've done a lot of travel. 
I've had, uh, I've met some extraordinary people. Well, it sounds like you really have a lot of fun with your job, too. I mean, that's the yeah. other thing. I mean, just listening to you and hearing about your enthusiasm, just, I mean, it sounds like you have a lot of fun. Absolutely. Have you thought about writing a book or anything like that about some of your it's experiences? It's funny. I'm writing a book. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, how yeah. neat. It's coming out uh, as soon as I get it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's it called? Can you just talk about it at all, or you, you want, you're keeping it a secret? Or? Um, yeah. Um, it's a book that's really like a textbook for my school students okay but it's going to spread to anybody who wants to go out and start a business got it and so it's, is it more like a manual almost or is it more like your insights and stuff uh it's both okay. it's manual insights i throw some poetry in there oh, it's a um it's a book about um it starts as um, you know, a checklist of the things you got to go out there and do and try before you run your business. And then it's a number of stories that I have that are all tied to uh, the credo that I created. I created a credo for the students mm. um, that says I will promote freedom at all costs and I will fail and fail again until I succeed and I mm. will explore the world with gusto and enthusiasm. Um, I have a story or a few stories for each of those. And then uh, uh, finish the book with, uh, you know, a little go get them. When do you, plan if, when this, when do you expect the book to come out? Uh, as soon as it's done. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's a little like a software designer. And I, I feel like I know that software has to be shipped when it's, 95% there. And right. I, that's what I'm hoping to do. Got it. Right now, I think the book's at about 80%. Very good. Well, Tim, it's been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time. When that book does come out, you'll have to come back and tell me all about it. Yeah, you're the first one I've told about. Oh, first media guy I've told. Very good. About. So, uh, anyway, listeners, watch out for it. There you go. All right. This Tim is Draper's Shue. book, and I don't know what it's going to be called. <laughs> okay. Very good. <laughs> well, Tim Draper and Richard Shue. Thanks. <laughs>